Good morning, church. I'm so glad to be back from Israel. And whether in Israel or in California, we are all experiencing the impact of coronavirus. It is growing very fast. It is spiking in the U.S. And therefore, everybody needs to support the shelter-in-place order. Um, in the midst of all that, we have to suspend the services uh, on campus. Uh, we have to go online worship the second week uh, in a row now. Uh, but remember, worship continues, ministry continues, small group continues, but in different platforms. And we will continue to journey together with the Lord and with each other as we pray, as we seek the Lord, as we read God's Word and allow God's Word to guide us for the future. Uh, I want to advise you not to uh, be uh, infatuated with the news about the coronavirus update. Uh, it brings fears, it brings panic, uh, it brings depressing thoughts in our mind when we only hear about the news as it continues to deteriorate in many places globally and locally as well. Uh, read God's Word and allow God's Word to saturate your heart and mind as you walk with Jesus every day. Um, continue to be strong for each other and continue to follow the Lord together. The pastors are on top of things. The pastors are uh, continuing to pray for you and also to care for each other. Uh, if there's any need that we can help you, let us know, but we will journey strong together. And let me lead you in prayer this morning. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, we just want to thank you that in the midst of crisis, you are our refuge. You are our stronghold. You are our solid foundation. Allow our church to grow strong despite we have to cancel, uh, suspend the uh, worship and different ministries on campus here, uh, but allow us to go online and allow us to use other platforms to care for each other. Lord Jesus, we pray that you will continue to help us to grow strong in the Lord. We pray for the medical personnel uh, that you will protect them from the infection so that they can care for other people. We pray for those who are infected, Lord, that you will uh, allow them to regain their strength and allow them to recover. Uh, we pray for missionaries who are serving in foreign lands that you will protect them as well. Allow them to be light and salt of the community. Allow our church to be light and salt of the community. Not only caring for ourselves, but also caring for others as well. Lord Jesus, we pray that in this special time, you will call out the church to rise up to the occasion uh, to minister to those around us. We just want to commit uh, our Sunday worship to you. Uh, may you allow us to hear your word and grow strong in the Lord and continue the journey together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, FCBC Walnut. Before we get into our time in God's word this morning, I want to highlight a few updates for you. The first update is that all of our congregations are continuing to have separate online prayer meetings on Wednesday night. So you will find the link to the room where we will have our digital virtual prayer meeting on your digital bulletin. That link will also be emailed to all of you who are part of our church database. The second announcement that we need to communicate with you is that next week we're going to have the Lord's Supper. I mean, we feel so importantly about the Lord's Supper that even though we cannot gather together physically, we want to continue to observe the ordinance of God. 
And so therefore, we are encouraging you to go ahead and, and with your family or individually to prepare your own bread and to prepare your own juice or wine. And the pastors will lead you through the Lord's Supper in next week's time of worship online. And the third announcement is that I want to personally encourage you and exhort you that if you're able to, please continue to give online. I know that we're in a time where the economy seems grim, where the outlook does not look well, but I think God has, has given us such a, a wonderful privilege to have such a gracious and generous church where where we want to continue to provide for our staff during this season. The pastors and the support staff are changing the way that we do our work. We are continuing to try to develop digital content, videos, online studies, and to continue to shepherd you. And in fact, last week, so many of you responded to the call to step up and to provide care for our people that this past week, one of our main priorities as pastors was to organize a relief task force uh, where, where people such as the elderly, those who are immunocompromised or those with anyone with need could, could sign up or could let us know. Uh, and then we could go ahead and begin to distribute the, whatever surplus or supplies or groceries to those who are in great need. But with the governor's order, we understand that we need to now relook at that plan. And so our church will continue to abide by both the state and county guidelines and any, any uh, code that's, that's given. But at the same time, we're going to try our best to continue to provide for the, for the most needy in our congregation. So that is my encouragement to you that if you're able to, please continue to give through online giving. Now, if you'll let me uh, or allow me to lead you in a word of prayer, even though we are not physically face to face, allow me to bring us before the presence of God. And then we'll get into our time in God's word. Father, we come before you during this time of great anxiety, fear, uncertainty. And many of us are beginning to struggle with this experience of isolation where we are alone or we are just with our families. And a lot of our connection to community has been taken away temporarily. Father, during this time, I pray, Lord, that you would unite us in spirit. As we come before your word, Father, I pray that you would prepare us to listen, even though we're in a different setting, to hear what you want to say to your people so that we could see that you are still sitting on your throne. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I've entitled this morning's message, Trusting God Through Turbulent Trials. Trusting God Through Turbulent Trials. Now, beloved, like I mentioned in our prayer, this is a time of great uncertainty, and it seems like uncertainty has become the new normal. It's, there's nothing normal about waking up and not knowing what's going to happen. In fact, most of us built our lives around plans and planning. And none of us planned for this crisis to happen. 
There is not one single employer, uh, I imagine, that would plan for this crisis where they might have to lay off their employees. There's not one single employee who would imagine that their job might be on the line or they might have been laid off. There's not a small business that would imagine that that a crisis would hit so badly that they would have to close their doors. None of us plan to have to be on, on, on almost at the point of lockdown, right? None of us plan for schools to be closed. Parents did not, might not have planned to be doing school at home if you are not part of the homeschooling system already. None of us plan to have to go around to the grocery store or to the pharmacy and have to worry about whether or not we will contract COVID-19 or whether or not we will unknowingly give COVID-19 to someone else and cause them to have devastating consequences because of this virus. None of us plan for any of this. So I think that's why there's so much uncertainty because if you had vacation plans, if you had plans to get married in a large gathering, if you had plans to sell your house, if you had plans for your business, all of these plans are now disrupted. It's put on pause. And because we are human beings who plan and we plan according to our plans, that is why every single day there's more anxiety, there's more uncertainty. And because of this, there are two passages that the Lord continue to just bring to my attention this week. You know, this week I, I, I kept praying and I kept thinking, Lord, what word would best serve the people of FCBC Walnut and anybody else listening to our, our, our channel this morning, right? Or this week, what do you want me to say to the church and a passage in James kept coming up. So I, I invite you to turn there. There's going to be two passages today. The passages are, are not in chronological order, but they're both from the book of James. So I'll give you a moment to take your Bibles or pull it up on your electronic device and go to James. We're going to begin in James chapter four, verses 13 to 15. James chapter four, Verses 13 to 15. Now, before I read the text to you, I got to give you some context. I got to give you a warning that this passage in its original context is a warning. It is a rebuke. But the way that I want to exhort you this morning is not so much in the sense of a rebuke, right? I mean, we can take some aspect of the rebuke, but I want to use this to show you why the way that we think and the way that we plan causes us to have more anxiety and fear and why we need to surrender all of our plans to the will of God. So point number one this morning is surrender our plans to God. Point number one is surrender our plans to God. So let me read you the scripture. Verse James chapter four, verse 13. James says this, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live 
and do this or that. You see, right there in verse 13, the first two words, come now, come now. That's in its original context, that's in the tone of a rebuke. It's almost like, come on, come on, people. Come on now, you who say. Now, the illustration is a business illustration. But even if you are not in the field of business, all of us can understand this illustration. The illustration is how you and I think. It's how you and I plan. It says today or tomorrow, we will go, go to such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. In other words, imagine someone saying, hey, I'm going to go to this town in Texas or this city. We're going to move there. We're going to set up a business or we're going to move to Nevada and we're going to set up a business and we're going to we're going to spend two years there trying to develop this business. And then maybe if, if it works, we'll sell it and then we'll move on and we'll make so much profit. Or some of you might be thinking, OK, tomorrow I'm going to invest in 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 this in, in these stocks. And and if we leave it in there for two years, we're going to make this profit. The COVID-19 pandemic has kind of crushed this type of thinking now. You see, the plans that we have for tomorrow change so rapidly. The perfect example is you watching right now, me recording this, not on a Sunday, in this room here rather than on the pulpit. You see, what happened is Thursday night, the governor gave gave a, a call, right? He gave an order saying that everybody needs to stay at home except for essential businesses and essential workplaces. And up until Friday, uh, we saw that this did not apply to faith-based organizations. So our original plan was to figure out some way to either stream or pre-record on Saturday. Well, that's changed. We can no longer gather on a Saturday to stream. But what happened is that on Saturday, there was a amendment that now exempts, okay, exempts faith-based organizations from streaming, meaning you could continue to stream as a faith-based organization as long as you maintain social distancing. So you can see within 48 hours, all of these plans change. And obviously, our church, we already, we already rec are recording our sermons. So uh, we're not going to be able to react in time to the latest update. But next week, most likely, we'll be able to pre-record ourselves again. But you can see how, how plans change. You see, all of our plans change. Churches that made plans for Easter we don't know. I mean, it looks like from this point forward, I mean, you're looking at the next eight weeks. I don't think churches are going to be able to gather for Easter baptism, right? So, so now we're, we're just looking that, that whatever plans, good plans. See, I use the example of church because these are plans that, that you're looking at God and saying, God, these are plans that honor you. These are good plans. See, some of you have great plans, plans to finish grad school, plans to, to get into a certain college and, and plans to, to, to get married and things like that. And all these plans get changed so quickly. And that's why, that's why this passage jumps out at me. 
because this is how we think that we cannot presume that our plans are going to be effective or successful. Instead, we need to look at what James says here in verse 14. And verse 14 is so fitting for a pandemic. Verse 14 says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time, then vanishes. Now, my heart breaks when I read about when I read articles, and, and I would encourage you, don't try to read everything every hour. I, I, I do that at times, and it makes me more anxious. But I'm reading these reports written by medical professionals about, about the outlook of COVID-19. And sometimes I get stressed out reading those articles, right? It, it, and and so, so this, this tells you, this is, what is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time, then vanishes. Just think about the nature of COVID-19, okay? Imagine that that you're carrying COVID-19, that you, you've, you've contracted the virus, but you have no idea that you've contracted the virus because there's no symptoms showing. Then all of a sudden, you begin to cough and you can't breathe. Maybe you had an underlying condition that you didn't know about, right? I mean, it just, life is like that. It, it's, it's, it's like truly like a, a vapor. It is truly like a mist and in a little time, life vanishes. How fitting is this passage for us today? And then you look at verse 15, James chapter 4, verse 15. It says, instead, rather than placing all of our confidence and all of our certainty and all of our emotional security into human planning, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Now, let me be clear. James is not saying we shouldn't be responsible. James is not saying we shouldn't plan. The Bible's not telling us to not do any strategic planning. Instead, what James teaches us here is simply to make responsible plans to the best of our ability, then surrender our plans to God, right? If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. For example, if you've run out of supplies and you need to go to the grocery store, you're afraid. One, you're exposing yourself. You're going out there, right? Secondly, as you go to the grocery store, you, you're not sure if you're going to find the supplies or the food items that you're looking for. So you're almost saying, I I'm serious, like, like a child, faith like a child, you go before God and say, Father in heaven, I'm going to the grocery store. I'm looking for these items. Lord, if you will it, allow me to go there. If you will it, protect my health. If you will it, will you provide my daily bread? Give us this day our daily bread. And if it's not there, then you go home saying, Well, Lord, it wasn't your will for me to find organic milk at Vaughn's today. So I came home with whatever this is, you know, this, this other brand, chocolate milk, or whatever's left on there that nobody bought, right? I mean, so sometimes I think we put so much confidence in the certainty of our plans. And that is why when all of our plans fall apart and when our entire summer now is in question and all of our outlook has turned into this daily, anything can change at any moment type of mentality, that that's why there's so much anxiety going on in our hearts. 
And to just to stay in expository form, I'm not going to preach verses 16 and 17, but I want to explain it to you because it's the same unit of scripture. In verse 16, here's why we say this is a warning and a rebuke. James says, as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. So obviously the boasting here speaks of confidence. The arrogance here is speaking of human confidence and human planning. And whoever knows what, what the right thing to do is, what's the right thing? The right thing, based on this context, is to surrender our plans to God. The wrong thing is to make plans as if God does not exist or as if God is not in control. So that is that is the first point. Point number one from this passage is very clear. Surrender our plans to God. Point number one, surrender our plans to God. Now for point number two, point number two is see beyond the plans of man. So whereas point number one is to surrender our plans to God, point number two this morning is to see beyond, to look beyond, see beyond the plans of man, including the CDC, including the government, to see beyond the plans of man, even good plans. Okay. And where I want you to see this from is a very familiar passage on trials, James chapter one. So if you'll take God's word and just turn the page or, or uh, scroll up or down on your digital device, and go to James chapter 1, starting in verse 2. We're going to be looking at James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. And it says, James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Stop right there, just for now. James chapter 1, verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. So if you can see very clearly that this passage is exhorting us to rejoice. Rejoice, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Now, first, count it all joy. What kind of joy is this? This is not natural joy. None of us should be sitting at home rejoicing about COVID-19. There is nothing to rejoice about when you think about the devastation that COVID-19 has brought upon human life, the human economy, human well-being, and the quality of life. There's nothing to rejoice about that. But the Bible says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, which means COVID-19 and pandemic and economic trials are included in various kinds. So, we can only conclude then that count it all joy, the type of joy that James is referring to is the joy of Christ. This is the supernatural joy of the Holy Spirit, the joy that can only come to you if you have the supernatural presence of the Holy Spirit living in your heart, the type of joy that anchors your mind and your emotions to the person and the work of Christ, right? And so that is the joy that James is talking about. Count it all my joy, my brothers. We see another key word here, brothers. Again, he's not talking to the natural man. He's not talking to the person who is a non-believer or non-Christian. 
He's talking to a fellow believer who has supernatural power within his or her soul, within his or her inner being. And therefore, count it all joy, supernatural joy, my brothers, people who have a supernatural power living in them. And so when you meet trials of various kinds, now, how do you know? Now, 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 let me take you to verses three and four, and you'll see why I get my point number two from here. Verse three of James one, it says, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So, so you can kind of see that there is this idea of trials create perseverance in us. Trials make us stronger. So you're able to see beyond the plans of man. Now, I want to tell you why this is so powerful. First, in its original context, and when I've heard this passage explained by some of the best preachers and teachers, there's always an athletic illustration. Now, I know right now there's no sports on TV, so this is the best you're going to get, okay? But if you're training, if you've ever trained for sports, the training is painful. But the athlete who trains takes joy in their training. They show up to train, whether it's strength training, whether it's endurance training, they train hard even though it's painful because they, they're looking past the pain of the moments of training and they're looking past that moment to the point of their competition and then even beyond the point of competition to winning the competition, right? So whoever has ever competed in sports, it is not fun to train, it's painful, but they can rejoice in the moment because they're looking beyond that moment. And they're looking even beyond the competition. They're looking to winning. I, I believe that this could also apply to, to music, right? So if you're training for music, if you're training for a piano concert, the training, you're just training, you're training hard, but you're looking beyond that training so that you can become better at it, right? Steadfastness, you build endurance, you build strength, you build skill, you build you, you, you take your talents and you sharpen your talents. So at the point of performance, like a musical performance, you're actually excellent. And so that is the same idea. Now, I want to apply this to our situation today. I think oftentimes one of the reasons why we feel so much anxiety is because everything that humans rejoice in, think about the things humans rejoice in, everything that we rejoice in, typically can be taken away from us, right? So if you rejoice in a loved one or another person, that is a great thing to rejoice in. Another life, another person, a relationship. But we know, whether by disease or some other form of death, that our loved ones can be taken from us. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. If you rejoice in a certain achievement, accomplishment, an academic degree, or a successful business endeavor, or, or athletic performance, 
those things can be taken away from you through injury, through business failure, uh, through sickness, through anything. These things can be taken away from you. If you rejoice in materials and just human possessions, we already know that that's sinful, that that's wrong from our preaching of Matthew uh, and the Sermon on the Mount. But possessions and materials can be taken away from us. If we rejoice in our wealth, the stock market and economy can, can crash. And everything that humans tend to rejoice in can be taken from us. But for the person who loves Christ, for the person who rejoices in the kingdom of Christ, for the person who rejoices in the things of God, you have to see beyond. And beloved, in this moment, we need to see that the Lord sits on His throne. I don't know why the Lord has not ordained through common grace for infectious disease professionals and experts to come up with a vaccine. I don't know why the Lord has not eradicated COVID-19. I don't know why when he looks down at his creation, why he continues to allow the pandemic to spread. But we know that at any moment he could either return to earth in glory or the Lord Jesus could stop and eradicate this pandemic, this disease, this virus. Therefore, we have to trust continually that God sees He created us. For the believer, He has saved you. He will sustain you. Even the trials that He allows to come your way are part of His plan. And ultimately, you know what Christians can rejoice in? Jesus went to the cross. And when Jesus went to the cross, He knew that he was going to suffer temporarily. He knew that everything in that moment was going to be temporarily taken away from him. But the reason why he was able to look to the Lord and rejoice, or look to his Father and rejoice, Jesus is the Lord, looking to his Father and rejoice, is because he knew that three days later he would overcome death and he would resurrect from the dead. But beloved, the same is true for you and I. That even if the worst Thing happened to us and we were to go home to be with the Lord, that's where we would be. We would be home with the Lord. We would have resurrected bodies and we would rejoice in everything that didn't make sense to us now here on earth would make total sense to us as we're sitting in the presence of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so that's what I mean. When you rejoice and when you find your contentment in the things of this world and those things get shaken the plans get disturbed or disrupted that's we get anxious but if you but the, but the way to battle anxiety is first point number one surrender our plans to god and point number two see beyond the plans of man beloved i will confess to you that early on in this pandemic i fail to look beyond. I was with the pastors and I, I was thinking, okay, CDC says eight weeks, right? So let's plan for eight weeks. So we're going to miss Easter baptism. You know, membership classes have to be put or member, the membership process has to be put on hold. You know, we, we need to figure out what we're going to preach on and, and how we're going to finish the Sermon on the Mount. But, but come summertime, VBS will be on. Come summertime, you know, some, the, the youth retreat is going to go on. Come summertime, we'll be back in play. 
you know, we, we might lose people for a little bit, but give it a few months, attendance will come back. That's what I thought. I was seeing only towards the plan of man. I was, I was looking to CDC, which CDC is great, but they can only predict what they can predict. I was looking to what the government would say. I was looking at the school districts. How long will school be out? That's a good indicator for us to see how long church will be out. But then I realized, especially in, in re-looking at this passage this week, is that I must look forward and, and just say, Lord, I'm not certain if we're going to be back on this campus by summertime. I don't know when that will be. But Lord, we surrender all of our plans to you. We see beyond the plans of man to the plans of God. And because of that, we know that point number three, that you have a purpose for, for COVID-19 for the church. Now that leads to point number three. Point number three is a, is a short point, And it comes once again from verses three to four of James chapter one. And so it is to see the purpose of God. So three points once again is to surrender our plans to God. Point number two was to see beyond the plans of man. And point number three is to see the purpose of God. Now, look once again at verse 3. Verse 3 of James chapter 1 says once again, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And verse 4, Let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, at the end of verse 4, when it says perfect and complete, lacking in nothing, this conveys the very sense of spiritual maturity and completion. And we as a church must endure, endure this trial until the end, until we are made complete and perfected in Christ. But the beautiful thing is that Jesus is the one doing the work of perfecting in each of our lives. This word perfect and complete talks about the day where we will be perfectly Christ-like, holy and like Him. Now, we know that that day is going to come when we receive our resurrected bodies and when we are spiritually resurrected and like Christ. But until then, trials like COVID-19 unite our church. It really challenges us. I see in this season, we have to make a greater effort to deepen relationships through online and virtual gatherings in our community groups and our small groups. We need to work harder to communicate God's word to you as pastors through different means. I, I kind of think of times where, where when John the apostle was, was isolated and he was on an island and, and, and he was in exile, what did he do? He wrote, uh, yes, the Lord gave him inspiration, but the Lord ordained that he would write. When Paul was on house arrest or when Paul was in prison, he might have had a few guards around him, but how he communicated to his people when he couldn't see them was he wrote letters. And that was the technology they had then. This is the technology we have now, right? Our, our digital, our phones, our, our computers, online and virtual spaces. And so we must make every effort and use every means to encourage and spur one another on. And so I see during this time, that we as a church, FCBC Walnut, we're growing deeper, deeper in relationship, deeper in love, deeper in faith and fidelity. Just look at how each and every day we have more time to slow down, to spend with our families, 
to pray, right, to really pray, to journal, to read, to read as a family. This is also a time where relationships are tested. Parents, you can't run from your kids for six hours a day anymore, right? School is out. So now you will realize how difficult it is, and you already know that, to actually do the job of the, of the public school teacher. And so at home, it's difficult. You know, your kids need, need a place to run around, right? You're, you, there's so much angst. I mean, if you're a teenager listening to this, right, you might have so much angst. You're, you're at home. You can't hang out. You can't, there's nowhere to go. Maybe you could run around the block, take a walk. You can run around your backyard. You could ride your bike, you know, with, with six feet of distancing, of course, until, until they, they tighten up the measure. But for now, you can still, you know, take a walk or take a jog. But there's limitations, right? And that causes us to have to, have to deal with ourselves and to basically deal with our families. So that means that it causes families to have to face each other and learn to communicate and love each other, husband and wife. Some of you, if, if, if you're not a medical professional, if you're not working for um, an essential infrastructure, an essential organization, you're spending a lot more time together than you expected. And what does that mean? It might reveal more tension. And so this is an opportunity to work through your marriage because you can't escape. <laughs> you can't go anywhere, right? And, and, and men, there's no sports to watch. So this is the time where we read more about how to grow as Christians. And, and so there's applications that abound for each and every one of you that I can't think of right now to give to you. But this is a time where we grow deeper in our relationships, deeper in Christ, deeper in our love, not only for our own brethren, but deeper in our love for our neighbor. You know, every time I pray for each and every one of you, I pray, Lord, I pray for all of the family members, all of the families within FCBC Walnut, all of the members, all of the attenders. I pray, Lord, that you would give them a cover of protection. And then right as I pray that, this thought comes into my mind and says, well, Hanley, wouldn't you pray that for anyone? And then I begin to pray for other churches. And I, I begin to pray for the common man and the world. And I just think, man, I wouldn't want anyone in this world to fall victim to death because of COVID-19. I wouldn't want to see any doctor, you know, deal with this crisis and have to make that decision of, uh, of who to keep alive or who to give medical attention to because there's not enough beds in the hospital. I, I wouldn't want any doctor to be in that position or any nurse or any first responder, right? And so, so, so I think generally... It makes us more loving as people. And I know there are some challenges. I know that there's been some lashback and racism towards Asians. But that's where we just need to trust God. And so, beloved, once again, three points, right? We, we need to see first, point number one, surrender every single day. Surrender your plans to God. Surrender our plans to God. Point number two, see beyond the plans of man. That's the only way we're going to get hope because man does not have the answer and man does not know how long this pandemic will go for, but God does. So see beyond the plans of man and look up to the throne of God and surrender your plans to him. And point number three, see the purpose of God for COVID-19. 
We don't know the full purpose, but one of the purpose is the steadfastness, the strengthening, and the spiritual maturity of our individual faith and of our church. The big idea of this morning's message is simple. It's trust Christ by surrendering our plans to God's will and purpose. Once again, trust Christ by surrendering our plans to God's will and purpose. Beloved, will you join me in prayer? Father, we come before you now and we surrender our plans to you. Father, help us to see beyond the plans of man and to look and to realize that you are still on your throne. We pray, Lord, that you would allow us to see your purposes for COVID-19. Bring healing to those who are sick. Lord, protect those who are susceptible and those who are on the front line working against this pandemic. Father, we want to pray for an eradication of this disease, Lord. We want to pray for a vaccine to be delivered. But more than anything, Lord, we want to ask that you would return in glory. So, Father, we pray, Lord, that during this time, you would strengthen us as individual believers and as a church body. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Beloved, we love you more than you know.